The year is 2016, and the feature film adaptation of the video game Warcraft Orcs and Humans is released in theaters. Some say it's a lackluster translation of the massively popular game franchise, but does it truly deserve that reputation? I'm Travis Kirkland. And I'm Luana Saiten. And this is Defend Your Trash Movie. Welcome back to Defend Your Trash Movie, the podcast that examines bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. Uh, you know what, Luana? The year 2022. Uh, it's a rather young year. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, let's be honest. The real, the real world stuff that's been happening in 2022, not good. In fact, pretty bad. A lot of, <laughs> lot of bad things happening. But I'll say this for the year. Uh, as far as movies are concerned, I think it's been a pretty good movie year for 2022. Um, let's see. Yeah, we've had Turning Red and, and the Batman. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Last episode, we talked a little bit about the Batman. And it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Turning Red because I got to say, Turning Red, which is the new Pixar movie that premiered on Disney+, Plus, I thought was so fun, so charming. A movie so nice that I have watched it twice. Oh, ho, ho. I can easily see myself watching it twice as well. It's so nice. Yeah, I think it's a pre- it's a really great animated movie. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say a pretty remarkable movie. One that feels different even from uh, the most recent output of the animation studio. Either comparison to Pixar or Walt Disney Animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my favorite things from Turning Red is this. Uh, so for those who don't know the story of the movie, it takes place in the year 2002. And mm-hmm. one of the signifiers of this is that the main characters, our group of teenage girls, are obsessed with this boy band, this 2000s-era <laughs> boy band called Four Town. And mm-hmm. I love... Not only do I love when there are pop singles attached to movies... But it's even doubly better for me that if a movie introduces like a fictional band mm-hmm. in their movie and then they act and then they, and then they create like original songs for that band to do and the songs are actually pretty listenable. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. So I have to say <laughs> the, for, the, the, the the boy band in Turning Red is named Four Town. And I have to say the, the Four Town tunes, those are pretty darn catchy. Yeah, they're written by Billie Eilish, I believe, right? Yeah, written by Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas, uh, of which uh, they oh wait, they just won an Oscar recently at at this Is time. It for turning red? Yeah. Oh no, they won the Oscar for uh, No Time to Die. <laughs> How ironic! That song fucking sucks. Oh, you don't like <laughs> No Time to Die? Oh, I can take or leave the movie, uh, but the but the song really fucking sucked. I uh, haven't seen No Time to Die yet, uh, and I I think I heard the Bond song once, and it's it's fine. It's or I just 
that was my just sort of unimpressed feelings about it was uh that's it's fine and i and i do like Billie eilish so i like her too she seems she seems nice she's had some some rough goings in her young life so mm-hmm. i'm uh, i'm sympathetic to her um and she's definitely written some nice stuff but uh i feel like the it's maybe you know i say fucking sucks and you say it's it's just some kind of uh unremarkable but i think considering that it is in fact a bond song and and one says it's unremarkable to me that makes it fucking suck you know <laughs> it's, it's like oh yeah it's perfectly pleasant to hear you know it's 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 not you know but like a bond song needs to be brassy and it needs to the, the charge in the door and say here is james bond with a completely ludicrous title like you know to the world is not enough or something yeah what was the what would you say was the last good bond song like uh um, i guess like, the one that in your opinion at least uh, the one that i the last one that i really liked was uh, you know my name if with the the casino royale uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you know what you get yeah um skyfall was pretty good but it wasn't as good as you know my name well i think that because skyfall um i think that tends to be like the one people go to as far as like recent bond songs that are really good because i feel like that was the that's probably the one of the Daniel Craig era that kind of crossed over, not just for being popular within the Bond franchise, but also like crossing over as like a popular radio hit. Right. Um, yeah. And it, it, I, you know, it does have that nice big kind of swoony romantic, mm-hmm. to, uh, romantic angle that some of the Bond songs do do hits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's a, uh, you know what is my favorite one? Even though mm-hmm. it's probably not the best one. But I probably think it's my favorite nostalgically, and it's a Tina Turner song for Goldeneye. Yeah, here's the thing about Bond songs. You know, they're not really... Um, what makes a Bond song good doesn't necessarily make a song good. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that song... I think the Tina Turner song is great, too, but because it does exactly what a Bond song needs to do. It needs to be brassy and, and ballsy and, and mm-hmm. bust into the door and say... Here we are. This is the dumb Bond title that we'll be seeing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to see some ladies writhing over like Soviet imagery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, GoldenEye is great. Yeah, GoldenEye is great. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other Bond songs that I like. Um, do you? I, I don't know. There, there's some... I, I will say this. I do also like The Spy Who Loved Me, but is it too treacly of a Bond song? Uh, nobody does. Does it better? Oh, it's it's all right. Yeah. Uh, makes me feel sad for mm-hmm. the rest. <laughs> I will um, have to... I, I, th- I, I, you, I, you mentioned it earlier, but I have to say, as a fan of garbage in the mid-90s, <laughs> Uh, not garbage, like you know the uh, the adjective to describe <laughs> bad things, but the band garbage. Who is not garbage? I I remember being slightly disappointed by the world is not enough when they did that song. Um, All right, I, I it has grown on me over the years. I think it's it's I think it's bombastic enough. Yeah, bombastic. Oh, <laughs> oh. you know what? I yeah, what's funny was that garbage in 1999 did two songs for movie soundtracks the aforementioned the world is not enough 
And they also did When I Grow Up for the Big Daddy soundtrack, the Adam <laughs> Sandler movie. And I Is actually... that the one where he's like the devil? No, that's Little Nicky. Big Daddy's okay. the one where he becomes a foster dad to mm-hmm. his friend's uh, illegitimate son. And I gotta admit, I kind of like the, the Big Daddy song better than the World Is Not Enough song. <laughs> What is Shirley Manson doing these days? She, I want to, I want to hear some new garbage. Let me hear that new garbage. <laughs> um, I, she did some acting. Um, did she? She was a T one thousand on the Sarah Connor show. What? I never watched that show. Really? Nor I. I, I learned that. I, I, I learned that the there was, a, I think, a two season show in the mid 00s that. Uh, you know, followed Sarah Connor and young John Connor around, mm-hmm. bet- I think between T2 and T3. And, uh, but, but I think it ultimately became its own continuity when they started going wacky. Um, <laughs> Lena, Lena Hetty was, was Sarah Connor. Right. Right. And, uh, um, the serenity girl was, yeah, she term- was like, a, I don't know if she was a Terminator. Maybe she was like a cyborg, like an, an enhanced human. Uh, I didn't, she was uh, essentially like, out. Yeah, she was essentially though like the the robot figure sent. To she the was the presence. Arnold, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what if Arnold was a, a sexy lady? Even though I yeah. guess they had already done Terminator Three and they already <laughs> had done that with uh, Christina Locken. Um, yes, but this is the good sexy lady. <laughs> what oh, if good. Terminator Two Arnold was a sexy lady? Oh God! No, and that's, yeah, that's and, and one of the later um, arcs, they sent Skynet sent a T one thousand back, which was Shirley Manson. Ah. Huh. I bet if I was actually watching that show at the time, I would have been into that. But, oh well. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of never got around to watching that because, like, if you'd, like, pitch that to me, it'd be like, hey, you want to see Shirley Manson as a T-1000? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, cool. I mean, they might as well do that for whatever Terminator movie they're going to come out with eventually. Like, I know a lot of these Terminator sequels seem to not connect, but... Look, you know, you know, studios and people with money, they're just going to keep trying to make Terminator movies happen until something hits. Um, so, yeah, make Shirley Manson a, a feature film Terminator. I, I would. Mm-hmm. Why not? Oh, imagine a, a garbage Terminator song, though, for the soundtrack. That'd be pretty cool. It, it would be cool if they like uh, riffed on the on the original theme, like do the drums. like Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That's right? kind of like how, uh, um, I look, I know they're a punchline, but if you know us, we are quite a fan of the band Limp Biscuit and the fact that <laughs> when they do the song, take a look around from the Mission Impossible <laughs> soundtrack and they do the, the, the guitar riff of, dun, 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 I'm like, that is fucking awesome. Yes, that is fucking awesome. Like the moment when all the instrumentation just, Drap just stops and it's just that riff of going boom boom burn, dun, dun, and that's like that is like one of the coolest ass things ever yes absolutely we are for all the listeners that tune in for the first time to this episode this is the type of people we are <laughs> yeah we are pro limp biscuit heads on this show <laughs> uh, defend your trash movie more like defend your trash music uh, maybe that could be a spinoff <laughs> later down the line but look we we can uh, defend the trash music all we want, but we need to get down to defending the trash movies 
And in particular, we need to get to today's topic of discussion, and that is Warcraft. For years, our world has been at peace. But something is coming. I can feel it. Dark forces are upon us. Find these beasts, or whatever they are. Our world is dying. There is nothing to go back to. If our people are to survive, we must make a home here. Whatever happens... Whatever happens... If we do not unite, our world will perish. This doesn't need to happen. There is one who may help us. For orcs, there is no other life but war. No, but with the humans' help, there could be. Why are you here? To save our people. Can we trust him? They're beasts. They should all be destroyed. Are you sure about that? We'll protect the kingdom. You and I. You'll side with the humans. Against your own kind. This is suicide. We have no choice. We should attack with full force. Whatever you plan to do, do it now! Warcraft, directed by Duncan Jones, was released in theaters on June 10th, 2016. It stars Travis Fimmel, Paula Patton, Ben Foster, Dominic Cooper, Toby Kebbell, Ben Schneitzer, and many others. It is the first live-action adaptation of the Warcraft video game franchise. Of which I will admit, I have not played any warcraft anything i have never played the original strategy games i have never participated in the uh the the massively multiplayer online role-playing games i am not i've never it, I, it, warcraft as a game franchise has has never really been uh my jam what about you i remember i think in 2006 7 um you could like register for a free month of warcraft and i because you know mmos i don't know if that's still the case it used to be that you had to pay a monthly subscription fee to play mmos then uh later they started introducing free to pay mmos or tiered pay mmos but back in the day when warcraft launched that was just basically you know um monthly fee for world of warcraft um, and I, I just did the promotional free month. Uh, I guess I thought I had fun. I uh, played a couple hours, uh, uh, but not to the point where I was like, I am going to pay money for it. 
um, you know, there's plenty of games that you only have to pay once for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's 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 a uh, it's funny because I do like a lot of fantasy stuff. Like I like fantasy uh, movies and TV shows, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something about fantasy that isn't the most engaging to me when it comes to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm quite a weirdo when it comes to video game tastes. Like, uh, like let me tell you, all the all the time that people have probably put into World of Warcraft. I know I have probably put in as much time into various Lego video games. So, oh, but they're pretty popular. It's not like those are niche video games. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm I just saying that. Uh, in fact, I was so really I didn't dislike any Warcraft stuff. It just wasn't of interest to me. So I completely yeah. so I completely missed this movie when it was in mm-hmm. theaters. Right, right, right. Um, even though I had seen Duncan Jones's previous movies, uh, Moon and Source Code, and I liked mm-hmm. those, but it right. just wasn't my jam. So uh, I'll be honest, having, wa- having to watch this movie for the podcast is the most Warcraft content that I've ever consumed. Right, right, uh, right. So I have no idea if things are quote-unquote rightfully adapted wrongfully adapted i you know i don't have that perspective as i as i probably talked of when we talked about batman and star wars previously so this is all this is all new terrain for me what about you i also have no um because like just kind of extrapolating from what happens in the movie versus what I saw in that one month of free play. Like there, there, there's, there's two like teams, right? You can be a horde person or an mm-hmm. alliance person. Mm-hmm. And like, basically there's, you know, um, the world is divided into, you know, the, the horde zones and the alliance zones. But this movie seems to, chronicle the arrival of the orcs onto this planet yeah that was kind of curious to me because i did some digging well not huge not large digging but some light digging into this and i guess because uh the baby the baby orc uh the baby uh the offspring of our kind of orc protagonist uh durotan and draka that character becomes thrall who becomes like one of the main characters of Warcraft. Right, right, right. And so I, I, I again, I haven't dug dug deep enough, but it's like, huh. So if that's the case that we are essentially introduced to like such a prominent figure, but only as a baby, mm-hmm. like did we're like are Warcraft fans happy with this movie? Or is it like one of those things where it's like, oh my goodness, I, I can't wait to see you know, the feature film adaptation of my favorite thing, but I'm disappointed because all the right. movie seems to be doing is just doing a lot of setup mm-hmm. for the familiar setting that I'm already aware of and right, they, right, right. plenty of stories. So I don't know um, that. Now, do you, did you see Warcraft and did you see this movie in theaters? Yeah, I did. Um, what, what got, if you weren't, if you weren't a Warcraft fan, then what was your interest in it? I thought it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the orcs were colorful and shit. And I think there were like I read just enough like one or two um movie 
website outlets that were like, you know, this is actually low-key kind of a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe it was uh, it was a Gods of Egypt situation where just that that exact amount of two or three voices that I like online said, no, it's actually kind of fun, and uh, made me check it out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I was I was not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I remember because I have no friends that are into Warcraft either. Um, so I don't. I did not really get a uh, first-hand account of like, oh, this is what fandom thought of that movie. For all I know, they they fucking hate it. But I remember once reading somewhere that like, oh, why did they do this? Where you could have done a straight adaptation of uh, some video game. It wasn't even about Thrall, the baby orc. It was about Arthas, the Ice Knight, or whatever the fuck. And, and uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, if you could have just done a straight adaptation of that, that would have been great. And I was like, okay, so there are people that. There are people within the fandom that that wonder why was this particular thing adapted. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, free of any uh, baggage, I thought I thought it was an effective um, choice to um, to go with this story—a story of um, of immigrants and fear of immigrants—and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. So again, like I said earlier, I. Had no interest in the video games. I didn't have a particular interest or stake in the movie when it came out, when it kind of belly flopped or seemingly belly flopped. I had no particular feelings about it, and I only had to watch this movie recently just to do this episode. Right, right, right. And I gotta say, I thought it was fun too. Oh great! <laughs> I it, it 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 for something I had no familiarity really with, aside from just I don't know recognizing certain fantasy tropes of orcs, knights, lands, and what magic and whatnot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I it, it, it's the type of thing, and I'm sure this is a, a, a the type of thing we will encounter with other movies down the line on this podcast. It's the type of thing where as I'm watching this, I'm like, well, I'm having fun. I think this is a lot of fun. I really am on the wavelength of this movie. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I kind of see why people weren't on this movie's wavelength, uh, which is kind of too bad because yeah, I yeah, do yeah. think if you're with the proceedings. OK, I'll say this because I think this is something I brought up on our past two episodes. And I think I can bring it up here, but for a different reason. So uh, when we did Batman and Robin and War- and uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, <laughs> one commonality I brought up as a complaint was, you know, the movie throws so much at you, mm-hmm. but it does so in a way that one, that you never really register what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any emotional interest and like all the things that are happening, all the plot developments, all the sudden turns and whatnot, what happens to the characters, like it, the, those two movies, I think their flaws are that it just throws so much at you that you there's there's you just kind of become numb to the plot, and therefore right, right. you, you know, you can just, uh, you know, all you can do is just pick up on tone and whatnot, and I think Warcraft. I wouldn't even say it has a similar problem because I think that 
I think the I think why maybe Warcraft didn't connect with people, or mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it didn't connect with people, like the general audience will just say, mm-hmm. why it didn't is like I don't think a lot of this is hard to understand. Like, sure, there's a lot of fantasy gobbledygook mm-hmm. to talk about, but you know, there's a lot of things I think you can easily break down. It's like it's it's a it's the land of people, land of monsters. There's a portal. There's wizards and and whatnot, and then you just mm-hmm dress it up in fancy terms right right um but i do think warcraft the movie is some is a movie that kind of gets up and gets the ball rolling and i don't think it ever i think it's sort of like a hey you're either with this adventure or you're not um Mm -hmm. type of thing like it like it doesn't like it doesn't slow down to necessarily like overly explain things to the audience i think it's sort of uh readily uh expects you to understand like in the first act when they explain guardian the guardian thing and if mm-hmm. like, you're and like okay you can pick up like okay when they say guardian they mean wizards and magic and whatnot but mm-hmm. if you don't understand that the movie is not going to like stop to kind of explain this to you yeah there's um, there's no noob character to uh ex- yeah you're either like you're on the roller coaster or the roller coaster has left you behind basically mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. i gotta say when i'm on the roller coaster of warcraft i think it's a really good pleasant time oh yeah absolutely and i think that there's um there, that that sort of um I don't want to say ruthlessness, but that sort of like, hey, you're either in, on the roller coaster or not. Uh, that was a real roll of the dice, and I, I guess um, most of America was not on the roller coaster, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. I again, I believe that the like the drama and the the stakes and the emotionality and the relationships are all done pretty well, and. Um, I also like that it is not. It's like it's a very colorful movie. It, it's it's not, uh, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings is beautiful in its like um, dusty decay and occasionally you know beautiful marble, uh, mm-hmm. you know, elven light stuff. But here everything is is is, is colorful and and, and brightly uh, primary colors and. Uh, you get you got the big green waft of the of the bad guys and uh-huh. the, the red eyed demon devil monster that with the blue horns that and uh, it's uh, there, there's there's a green bikini lady, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah and and uh, despite all that silliness, there's um, they they actually managed to to wring the emotions out pretty well. They sell the um, sort of um, the um they they sell the um well the the drama of it despite being very overtly silly despite not toning anything uh down there's no irony to the proceedings there's yeah no, exactly there's yeah. no i think there's this cushioning of irony like a lot of superhero movies these days pretty much deal in irony where like at some point one character does have to comment on like the silly costume or the silly villain or, or whatever. There has to be some type of reality check mm-hmm. to it. And uh, yeah, Warcraft is not it. it. It pretty much is like, it is a 
Warcraft is almost like a gregarious person who grabs your hand is like, all right, you and me, we're going to have a grand old adventure time. And you're either, you're either going to have a grand old adventure time, no matter how crazy the, the adventure is, or you're just kind of going to be uncomfortable the <laughs> entire time. Um, you know, one of the positives that I often see listed for this movie, even for those who don't seem to like this movie, but most people seem to like the orc characters, at least. They seem to, there seems to be this agreed upon opinion that the orcs, particularly uh, Durotan, is like a bright spot of the movie, that Toby Kevill's performance along with the CGI artists who brought him and the other characters like like the orcs are always compelling every time there's a scene with them and I, and yeah you got to agree like uh like the movie very wisely opens with a scene between Durotan and Draka and they're just kind of chilling they're you know they're talking about their baby they have some kind of playful banter uh, as a married couple would and uh yeah it's it's like you know that's the kind of a smart way to open up your movie is like yeah these are these big giant cg monsters but uh by having them have this very humane conversation at the top i'm like okay yeah i, I am keyed in to right, 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 yeah. these characters and their plight and even though we're about to go into like silly woo woo nonsense territory i'm like okay but i know what Durotan and Draka are all about and can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. track them throughout the movie. And yeah, I think, uh, I forget the name of the actress who plays Draka, but she does a great job. And uh, Toby Kevill, who's done a, a lot of motion capture stuff in movies. Um, I think he's very wonderful as Durotan. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Kebel is is the is the breakout role here. Uh, Draka is played by a lady called Anna Galvin, apparently. Okay, yeah, she, and a great job she did. Yeah, uh, totally. No, yeah, because the um, the emotional grounding of the orcs that you kind of uh, it it is indeed the, the one of the smartest things the movie does is to kind of pull you in close to to Durotan and Draka in mm-hmm. the um, in the opening scenes, and uh, of course, yeah, the, the the performances as well as CGI artists are uh, huge factors in that. Um, and I think that um, the, there's there's um there's um Durotan and uh, are like the closest Lord of the Rings ish characters that you get. Like the other characters lean a bit more like Flash Gordon than Lord of the Rings. I'd mm. say um, you know they're they are sincere. They never get winky, but uh, Durotan and Draka do kind of pop out as the best. Uh, characters yeah yeah um but uh yeah no, i mean i don't mind the, the flash gordonness of the rest of the of the stuff because i i think that's very funny um like you get these really um i i also like the um uh oh what was he called again i'm just this name made me laugh uh the duratan's buddy uh orgrim doom hammer <laughs> <laughs> Like, like they just say that name in conversation, like something like, "Oh, you know our ways, Orgrim Doom," (laughs) and and you're like, "Do you?" (laughs) And uh, 
Yeah, but you like the orcs enough that it's like, okay, yeah, you have a silly name, but I'm down with you, uh, silly name of uh, Norotan's <laughs> friend. Um, I, I like the fucking um, the orc wizard who is like obviously evil, but everyone's like, no, nah, he's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he looks, he looks like he was just evil, like. He, he like he, he was born out of an evil womb and he had like an evil childhood and an evil teenage years and you know he looks like it, it again he looks like the most evil i mean and then the fact that he just straight up does evil things like he yeah. uses the like, magic he's sucking life force out of people right in front of the orcs and everything yeah yeah like he has the palpatine problem like how the fuck you gonna be like how does nobody around you and your whole entourage be like hey wait is this guy evil <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no one has that dave that uh mitchell and webb moment of like are we are the, the bad <laughs> <laughs> well you see you know I, I, we tend to power up by sucking the life force out of <laughs> non-orc creatures doratan <laughs> are we the baddies <laughs> We, we mentioned this earlier, and so we should probably bring this up because we've talked about how good the orcs are. Um, and again, uh, for people who have seen this movie and reviewed it, it seems to be like an agreed upon positive of the movie. But then, as an inverse of this, there does also su to, uh, seem to be a agreed upon criticism of this movie and that for as good as the orcs are, the human characters aren't quite as good. Um, mm -hmm. What are your? I, I know you sort of mentioned the Flash Gordonness of it, but what is your? What's your take on the uh, humans and the uh, the the uh, the goings on in uh, Stormwind? Stormwind, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I like that main knight guy. Um, what's his name? Luther Lothar. Something like uh, that. Travis Fimmel's uh, character. He was in. He was on Vikings. I don't know if you ever saw Vikings. Oh, you know what's real funny? Uh, my parents are really big into streaming TV shows, uh -huh. and they are especially into hour-long TV shows that have some type of genre trappings to them, uh -huh. whether they be sci-fi, action, horror, or whatever. So stuff like Vikings and Black Sails are things they're really into. Mm -hmm. um yeah I, i've never seen vikings but I, that that just reminds me it's like oh yeah my parents are really into vikings <laughs> ask your parents if they've seen the last kingdom that's really great okay <laughs> it would honestly would not surprise me <laughs> um no yeah that, that that that's a great show um <laughs> no uh, so travis Fimmel is the lead on vikings and he brings like a sort of slightly like you know obviously on vikings he's also a big tough warrior guy but mm -hmm. uh, he brings this sort of weirdo energy to it uh, to the extent that such a limited role allows like at one point in he starts playing with someone's clothes in this movie <laughs> like, <laughs> and and i was like oh yeah that's that's travis Fimmel. that's uh, i remember i remember that's his his bag of tricks from vikings and i was like okay you know this isn't this isn't a super uh, interesting or well-written uh, character it's, it's fairly 2d but like oh he's he's trying to do some weird stuff with it you know he's trying to be kind of swaggerish a little bit above it all you know all these kings and queens and all their and all their proceedings and he's just like i'm just a fighter and i'm you know i have a i'm a 
adventurous bloke. And I'm gonna have fun until his he son a, dies. He has a lol you pussy buddy cop relationship with that young wizard guy. <laughs> and I and I liked uh that's Ben Schneitzer and I I, I like Ben too. Uh he, he has this uh you know, I think this is oftentimes a thing you see a lot in genre trappings where it's like the young the young practitioner of whatever the fantasy element is. And they're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of bumbling. And I, you know, I may, may not be the most trustworthy because of my inexperience. But in the end, they come through. They come through. And I like Ben. I, I thought his young mage character was fun. Right. And I, I got to say this about the humans. I don't think any of them, with maybe one exception I'll get to a little later, I don't think any of them are like bad. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I do think that there is something to be said that a lot of people connect with the orcs mm -hmm. more than the humans. Right. And I have to say, I do agree with this. And I think it's because of this uh, that I was noticing throughout the movie. And it's that, you know, we talked earlier about how the movie opens with this intimate moment between Durotan and Draka. And then once you see that, you're kind of locked into those two as characters. Uh -huh. And you kind of get and I, I and you kind of get that throughout the movie with the orcs. Like, obviously, the well, OK, uh, let me talk about the humans. Like, I think the reason the humans don't connect as much is that I feel like a lot of the characters that are just with the humans are a lot of exposition stuff. Mm -hmm. Like a yeah, lot right. of their scenes are just like, we have to explain, you know, what's happening. Where are the orcs or where, where are we, uh, where are we going to attack and this and that. Like, I don't think any of the characters are particularly bad or any of the actors are doing a bad job, but it's like, I think those characters are saddled with the most exposition stuff. Right, right. So they don't get a lot of like those. Th I don't think they get like moments like the orcs get, where like you just where the characters like even there's that moment between uh, Durotan and his friend where like they are also doing an exposition dump by s talking about oh well maybe the fell magic is actually ruining the land, but like it's couched in this sort of reflective moment between the right. two friends and it's like yeah i don't think the human characters ever get that like you right, never right. get the sense that they are characters beyond sort of their roles and what they're supposed to do in the mechanics right, right. of the story which is why like why you said like travis fimmel is probably like the most notable because he's doing these little quirks during mm -hmm. the scenes but like there isn't a moment where the character just kind of can kind of just breathe, have conversations, and just kind right, right, of right. exist. Um, They're essentially the um, the the Japan Defense Force uh, Army guys and scientists who are just in control rooms reacting to Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but again, it's too bad because they have a really good cast. Like it, there's uh, Dominic Cooper. Uh, oh, I did not realize that Ruth Nega was in Ruth Nega is the fucking queen. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that's great. I, I recently saw her in the movie Passing, where she mm -hmm. got a lot of uh, a lot of critical love for her role in that movie. And yeah, mm -hmm. she's a great actress. So I was very uh, surprised and delighted to see her in, in, <laughs> no, Warcraft, in Warcraft. To be have her be in Warcraft. Like, you know, she isn't given the the most to do, but I was like, oh, 
like, I really like her. Yeah. That's good to see her. <laughs> I mean, I think that Ruth Nega is kind of like um, in, you know how we talked about, ooh, this movie is just setting up stuff. Uh, I assume that considering how it ends, that she would end up like the human queen. Like she's the boss of the humans now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess from, again, my light research of it, I guess it's inevitable that the that's, that uh, the human kingdom falls and that the orcs just take over or at least decimate Azeroth. And that ends up sort of becoming the default setting of a lot of Warcraft games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, again, again, who knows if like this is a common criticism from the fandom that again it's a lot of table setting right 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 uh, i'm guessing that um they expected people to go onto that roller coaster expected they were gonna they thought they were gonna get several movies out of this you know which they were Uh, i was reading how duncan jones had a planned trilogy Mm -hmm. for warcraft like he he wanted uh like the first movie and and even in just the not just uh the the game adaptation way we've been describing things but just movie wise uh like he intended on thrall the baby to become Mm -hmm. the main protagonist of the second and third movies he was going to do Uh um and then he said he had these grander plans like yeah i'm gonna do my trilogy and then after i'm done i can hand it off to another filmmaker or filmmakers who want to you know, do other stories within mm-hmm. this movie universe. And given how much I really do enjoy this movie, it, it really is uh, too bad that right? <laughs> that we did not get more of these type of movies. Cause um, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Here's a, here's something I did enjoy. Uh, another thing aside from the characters that I enjoyed, I enjoyed how seemingly small scale a lot of the mm-hmm. fights were. Um, yeah, I right. think I noticed this, and I don't know if you agree with me. I noticed that a lot of fantasy movies post Lord of the Rings uh, mm-hmm. tend to have their battles be epic, like mm-hmm. huge armies, huge battlefields, and and it ends up being just a lot of CGI, glibbity globbity nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Lord of the Rings did it and it had big right, battles, right, it's like, right. okay, no, we're going to adapt the fantasy tale. It has to be big battles. And mm-hmm. Warcraft is kind of refreshing that like a lot of the battles is like what, like the first battle is like in a forest. That's the first fight between yeah the ambush with the soldier, the ambush. Yeah. And then there's the ambush in the cliff sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the quote-unquote big battle isn't even like a big, huge-scale battle. It's like, uh, it's this sort of a contained battlefield around the portal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like, you know, there's like these huge fortresses and huge yeah, right, monsters, right, right. you know, bigger than the orcs. It's all central. It's all centralized out of like, okay, I, I get where the characters are. And also because the battles are a little bit more on the smaller scale, I thought that like the individual like choreography in the fighting and the in the in the beats that get planned out in the stunts I, stunts i thought were uh, you could actually read them and again it wasn't just a bunch of cgi nonsense that i was looking at mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and i think that you know hollywood it's it's just kind of, it, lord of the rings is influence in fantasy cinema 
feels to me a bit like it reminds me of you know when Tim Burton's Batman came out and it was a big hit, and instead of you know studios going well, you know I guess people want to see comic book movies, uh, you know uh, instead of making I don't know an X Men movie or whatever. They decided that people very specifically wanted to see Golden Age Masked Avenger type <laughs> movies, so they started to make The Shadow and The Phantom, and you know, we obviously saw where that went. Um, and I think that, you know, oh, why, why do people like Lord of the Rings? Fantasy, it's got big battles, I guess. Um, like, even even like Narnia, the first one, which I thought was a pretty good movie, but like it ends in a big battle. And while the book does have a battle, that's a book that, that, that I think the battle is like half a page in the book. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's like 40 minutes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, fantasy does not necessarily always mean big battles. Uh, and, you know, I've read a lot of fantasy that, you know, a lot of fantasy is um, criminal the underworld like heists uh small time spook spooky haunted house adventures um yeah sure there's big battle books but or comics but that's not, definitely not always the case and uh and i think warcraft really found a good um found a good middle ground there because obviously there have been battles but the video game isn't necessarily always you know it's sometimes it's, it's you and a couple friends fighting uh fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, you know? yeah. Uh, and uh i think that um um yeah i, th I think warcraft find, finds very good middle ground i'm i'm personally looking forward to the um spider-man homecoming guys doing um dungeons and dragons oh yeah they are doing dungeons and dragons which, uh, huh which uh Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is a whole another movie discussion, maybe for another episode. But uh, that Dungeons and Dragons movie, <laughs> not good. No, but if they, but, it, but it, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, but if they brought back Jer, but if they, oh, if they brought back Jeremy Irons though as the villain, <laughs> I'll be like, they, yeah. they have uh, Hugh Grant as an evil wizard in that. So I'm, I'm guessing that Hugh mm. Grant is going to go to similar places mm. in his, in his. Uh... Well, let me. Well, I mean, it is the Spider Man guys, and you know, if No Way Home can bring back villains from previous movie iterations, <laughs> multiverse, bring back they can, they can multiverse Jeremy Irons into the D and D movie. Uh, I would be delighted. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen uh, No Way Home yet? No, it's not for rent yet. Okay, all right. I was about to say something, but I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll stop myself there. Um, uh. Let's see. Let's see the big battle. Yeah, I mean, I was going back to the big battle thing. Like, I could easily see like a worse version of this movie that is more Hollywoodified, right, where right. it is like, oh, it's the big orc army and they're storming the castle, and they have yeah. even like bigger orcs because the fell has like turned them into like Hulk size orcs, <laughs> right, or, right. bigger Hulk, <laughs> and, and you know, and whatnot. Like, I could see the worst version of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to say that, like they they um they kind of do this in the uh, Makura the the duel that they fight with with the bad oh, guy. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, <laughs> and I, no, no, I, I want to say that I, it, they do it in a way that is kind of cool because, like, <laughs> like the, <laughs> it's this big reveal. Oh, I'm gonna fight you, you fucking evil wizard and he's like okay we'll fight and he throws his throws his cape off and he's like oh shit this guy is buff 
Yeah. I mean, and let's... they make it this big reveal of like yeah. you know the camera switches angles and he he raises himself up and it's just this big a big plot point that oh this fucking guy turns out to be buff. Yeah, I mean, look honestly, uh, what what is scarier looking in real life than like buff old men? There's always a weird like <laughs> disconnect when you see that type of thing, you know. They should should have given Gul'dan like those those weird like the saggy top of 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 his pec you know like just the top of his pecs are saggy <laughs> like, he's, like like a, he's a re- oh yeah that, that's the old gym guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that evil wizard he's like the jack evil jack lalane of the uh, <laughs> or the orc army <laughs> that's a reference no one will get um, <laughs> uh let's okay speaking of characters there is one character in this movie that's I am not sure if I like this character or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the orc character played by Paula Patton. Um, I like oh, Paula okay. Patton. Yeah. I, I, and let me get something straight. I like Paula Patton. I think she's a fun actress. I like seeing her and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just not... found out that Jack Lane just about missed this movie. He died in 2011. Oh, <laughs> damn. Like, oh, oh, God, if we could only. Sorry, had, go ahead. Oh well, man, we could have had Jack Lalane play do the motion capture opposite uh, Toby Kettle. <laughs> um, although you know CGI is bringing back dead people, so who knows what they could do? Um, Imagine what weird genre project is going to Peter Cushing Jack Lalane. <laughs> I don't know, we're gonna. Put millions of dollars into <laughs> bringing back old fitness fitness uh, <laughs> expert and promoter Jack Lalane. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope they can at least get the fibers on his red tracksuit all correct for, uh, for the uh, CGI they must do for CGI Jack Lalane. <laughs> God, I did not expect this tangent for the Warcraft episode. <laughs> Well, that's what you get when you have two people not really familiar with the video game. What else you got to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about Jack LaLanne. The, the orc wizard reminded us when he turned out to be buff. Is, okay. that what, is that not what the fell truly is? The worst possible nutrition advice? Yeah, the the fell is really just those uh, supplements that you shouldn't take. Uh because uh, it, it's uh, it's bad for you. It turns you mm-hmm. turns you into weird, swole, old, evil guys. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Um, but okay, going back to Paula Patton's character. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like that character. Not not that I hate that character. Um, it just felt like. Hmm. It felt. I mean. She's an orc, but I guess she's like a, a like a half orc, half not human, maybe. No, she's that race that you know when they're still on the planet. There's mm-hmm. that like quivering little. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. So there's so she's still all orc, but just different orc species. That's I right. believe that is a different because like we're gonna get comments here. So that quivering little uh, like those people with tails on the orc planet are called the drain okay got it hey look so she's half orc half drain but you know you wouldn't know that from this movie uh we just have to we just there's just one shot of that you know 
whatever uh, that abused race that the orcs are are draining for their for the fell magic, and she's half that, half orc. Hey, look, uh, wowheads! If we get some type of lore wrong, uh, I don't really care. Don't add at us. But uh, if we did, if we got any of our Jack Lalane facts wrong, I do want you to please correct me online because I, I I do want to make sure I get my Lalane facts uh, all proper and correct. All respect to that man. Uh, <laughs> and his body of work, literally his body of work. Um, but yeah, I don't know about that character. I, I feel like she falls into the same camp of the humans, obviously because she is in all the human scenes of just sort of being exposition. Is and I, I actually don't know. Is is there a a known named trope or cliche for this? Because I feel like a lot of times in sci-fi or fantasy stories, if there's like this interaction between human beings and another species, oftentimes there'll be like a, well, what well, what will make the humans understand the other species better? Uh, well, we'll just make one of the species a sexy looking human-ish lady. Um, and so that will be the way that we'll be like, okay, the, the, that other species, that, that weird species ain't so bad. They have a sexy lady version. Uh, so that's not so bad. Is, is that a, is that a known trope or known cliche? I feel like I've just seen that in general. Um, not necessarily with sexy lady being the element, but, but yeah, sort of half human, um, like, we can't just empathize with an alien. They have to be sort of humanish, um, and I think that goes all the way back to Mister Spock. Mm, um, yeah, because uh, like nobody cares because you know he just has pointy ears. But if you watch that first season of Trek, there's a lot of talk about how Spock is half human, mm-hmm. and um, like honestly, it's it's not like he he just talks like logic guy <laughs> and he looks like a falcon he has pointy ears so like mm-hmm. it's, it's weird that they bring that up so much and uh yeah i guess later there's background episodes that where you know they delve into his uh you know torn nature between his human and and uh, and falcon and they they in fact uh, pull that off again with uh wharf who is mm-hmm. half human half um i guess they Bring in sexy ladies with the uh, oh thingy, um, Bellana Taurus was half Klingon, half human lady. Um, mm, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I guess Seven of Nine is is the cyborg lady. Who is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek always uh, has to have some sexy lady to represent us. Yeah, but but yeah, it's not necessarily unique to sexy ladies because uh, you know Spock does predate all of them. But I mm. I get what. I get that trope. I, I yeah. get that, and 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 I do understand that. I agree with you in the sense that it's kind of cowardly because, like, I thought I thought Draka was babe too, and she's not half human. <laughs> uh, and but you're you're kind of stuck on the lore because I think Garona is, you know, she is a half orc, half Draenei, and mm-hmm. that's that becomes a deal because you probably want to introduce the Draenei and the Draenei culture down the line, uh, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do that in the first movie yet because that's a mm-hmm. lot of shit to, you know, we kind of get what an orc is, kind of get what an elf is or yeah. a dwarf or what the fuck ever, but like, oh, what, the Draenei, the, they have hooves? Are they like devils? No, no, yeah. they're just non-supernatural beings, but uh, so, 
Yeah. Um, I I guess another thing for me now that I'm thinking about it, is that I feel like that character should be more compelling because that's supposed to be an orc who spends the most time with humans and is and is the bridge. Uh, and it kind of is a bridge between the humans and the orcs. And yet I think, and yet I think that character is still stuck in that same human problem where it's a lot of exposition. And so it's like, uh, she, it, she's there as like a representation of what she is supposed to be in the story, but she never, I don't know. I guess she never feels like a character for someone who I think is maybe supposed to be the most interesting or compelling of the characters because of her situation. Yeah, um, I think that's because we don't... You Like, I had to point out to you what her heritage is. You know? We get a few shots of that, you know, of her, her other half, you know, that, that species. But the mere fact that I had to point that out to you as, oh yeah, she's, she's have that, that type. Um, and that type being a race that we have not yet, you know, not yet really explored. So we don't quite know what Nerdeal is beyond, like, yeah, I guess if you paid attention, those types of people are generally, like, exploited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that that's not, a, that that's a lot of uh, extrapolating that you're asking the audience to do from a couple of shots of you know that species yeah yeah i mean yeah I, I, rem I actually remember um reviews saying that like oh she's a half orc but didn't this movie say that the orcs just met humans for the first time that's a stupid plot hole like i remember actually reading in reviews and i was like well yeah the other half isn't human buddy yeah yeah uh, yeah um and uh, oh, I I, I want to say this about her character because again, I do like Paula Fatten. I don't think uh, whatever issues I have with this character, I don't think it's uh, the fault of the actress. Um, but I will say this about her, and I want to say this: uh, this podcast, as I think we've kind of said before, is not about necessarily the small details. So, like, uh, if we criticize a movie, I don't think we're generally going to get hung up on like very small things that we are just going to blow up just for comedic uh, value, you know, like the bat nipples in Batman Robin or uh, the, the, or like in the rise of Skywalker, when they do the, they fly now bit. Maybe those aren't the best things, but they're not like, uh, they don't kill the movie. You know, those aren't at what fault. And so, but I do have to bring up with her character. I do think that the orc teeth they give her, <laughs> is kind of an issue right, um, right. she she can't uh, enunciate <laughs> oh my goodness yeah because like okay it, it, it here's the thing like the teeth appliances they give her like the big orth, orc teeth that stick that like start in her gums and then they come outward uh they don't look the most realistic mm -hmm. um but what doesn't help it is the fact that Many times in the movie, it it just sounds like Paula Patton has some cotton balls in her mouth. When yeah, she delivers right, like right. like oh my goodness, the arc harder coming through the parker <laughs> and it's like man, <laughs> like like maybe realistically, yeah, if you had a a, a small mouth and that and big teeth like that, yeah, maybe that's how you talk. 
But like the fact that you keep it in like that just sort of exposes like the artificiality of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. The, and, and it kind of is like, look, again, I'll give a lot of credit to Duncan Jones and how wonderful he set up the world and everything. But it's like, man, you you couldn't have had Paula Patton redub her lines without right <laughs> without the, the... that because they it is really apparent in a lot of her scenes <laughs> and it and i and i do think again i don't think the teeth thing is like kills the movie or not but it does kind of like it it, it is kind of showing like the cracks to how silly a lot of the fantasy stuff is um and unfortunately i think it, it is one of those things where like if you are not on board with the tone of the movie you can point to something like that like yeah this is fucking stupid look they put like stupid stupid big teeth in that pretty lady's mouth and she's like so um yeah again not a it's not a huge flaw but it is it's it's noticeable it's noticeable i mean i feel like i've been nice enough to the movie that i can be like hey look you could have done something different with those teeth yeah no absolutely um what else is i uh oh i feel bad also for duncan jones in a way because um so like duncan jones like before this movie uh he had done uh smaller sci-fi movies like the aforementioned moon and the aforementioned source code uh both movies i enjoyed um and warcraft really felt like okay here here it is here's this you know, acclaimed director of smaller movies, and here he's got a big budget to, you know, take on this, you know, popular franchise and do a big old movie. And, uh, you know, not only was he gonna do the big movie, but he had plans for a trilogy, and, like, he, it it really did seem, if you read a lot of the uh, hype release uh, promotional stuff, that he was in, really invested into making Warcraft this big movie property um and it's disappointing that not only did it uh did it not result into a warcraft trilogy or cinematic universe but also uh i found this quote from him because the circumstances of him making warcraft sound really dire because at the start of production Mm. was when his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer Oh, no. Um, and luckily, she survived, and uh, the couple mm-hmm. is doing fine. But uh, at the end of production was the death of his father, famed musician David Bowie, due oh, to cancer. Yeah, of and so he has this quote where he says, you know, when I began the movie, it started with cancer. And when I ended the movie, it ended with cancer. So I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, not only do you have the pressure of this big budget movie, but you got to deal with, you know, all this personal right. tragedy and it, the fact that like he had to probably put a lot of blood sweat and tears during a very top you know very trying time in his life and it didn't result in success it, it, it feels like oh man it, it makes you feel worse that the enterprise right. didn't hit harder you know what i mean and uh yeah it, it, it's really disappointing because um Duncan Jones, I feel like, hasn't really recovered since Warcraft belly flopping. Like he did, he's only done one other movie since Warcraft, and that was the sci-fi noir movie Mute. Yeah, which uh, also didn't get great reviews, as far as I know. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it. I remember it kind of was like, a, eh, it's it's on Netflix. Eh, mm-hmm. eh, you know, <laughs> like like a lot of Netflix stuff. It's kind of like, eh, here it is. You know, you can watch <laughs> it if you want. Whatever. Um, and I don't know. I don't quite know what Jones is doing these days. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, like if you look at the dry facts of the box office for Warcraft, it is the highest grossing video game movie of all time. Like I think oh, it's really? I think it's ultimate global take with all countries including US and Asia and everything is over 400 million. Okay. And yet, you know, again the weird math of Hollywood because it flopped domestically in the US, uh no no sequel, no trilogy, <laughs> no other Warcraft stuff. Um again, it, it, again, Hollywood Hollywood math is a uh, very very strange. Yeah, I guess you know it, it won't be the first, uh, won't be the last movie in this series where <laughs> we will be decrying Hollywood math. Methinks. Yeah, and also, um, I know back in 2020 there was rumor circulating that uh, another Warcraft movie would be coming too, which isn't surprising like look even if that movie flopped warcraft is still to this day one of the most popular game franchises of all time right right right. and so yeah you know obviously uh people you know the the powers that be yeah sure that one movie failed but you know they greedy people will always want to make more money so you know they're always gonna try to do another movie or whatnot it's Mm -hmm. not just one movie's gonna simply stop them. They're just gonna try again. And, you know, unfortunately, if they do another Warcraft movie, it's not gonna be a continuation of this film, which mm-hmm. is too bad. Um, they should they should just go ahead and make a sequel to it. Yeah, they should. It, I it, think I think exactly, because, like, if you start off with, you know, baby, baby Thrall being found by whoever finds him, that that's that's your entry right yeah. there, you know? Like, yeah, ooh, I... I was that. This is me. I'm I'm thrall, and I was always different. And I was uh, that. That's that's your entry. That's yeah. <laughs> it can be like that weird soft reboot thing where you basically are kind of doing a reboot while still acknowledging the past, but you don't <laughs> have to like know all the backstory to enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. Look, yeah, because thrall mm-hmm. doesn't know any of the people from the first movie, so however he is introduced to them, that's how new viewers would be introduced to them as well. Yeah, and you can do the movie with Thrall and, you know, quote-unquote, give the fans what they want with, you know, the storylines and characters that they're familiar with. Look, if they approve a Warcraft 2, it would not be the worst decision that Activision Blizzard has made in the past years, so (laughs) they might as well do it. (laughs) No, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? Uh, I think we've had a, a nice, lovely discussion about Warcraft, but... As with every episode, we have to come to the final question, the ultimate question of our podcast. And so, Luana, Mm -hmm. give us your final thoughts on this movie by answering the final question. Is Warcraft a trash movie? No, gosh darn it. I think it's it's a very lovely movie. I think it's a a great adventure of, of... colorful riches and uh true sincere emotion and uh good acting and fun adventure and action that uh, brings you to 
to lovely new places and exciting uh, exciting locales and perhaps even a little bit too much but uh, I'm I'm sad that we didn't that we didn't get to see more of this movie that had its heart in the right place because let me tell you uh, I love the orcs as uh, you know, as scary, you know, refugee caravan uh, uh, metaphor. Like uh, they're ooh, they're coming over the border, guys. But uh, mm-hmm. no, we're they're 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 the coolest, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, no, yeah, I I, I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. Well, instead of uh, build that wall, we, sh- we should have built that portal. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, there's some fell hombres out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, I mentioned earlier that the year 2022 is still a young year, and uh, this podcast too is rather young, uh, only three episodes deep. But I gotta say that I think that Warcraft is not. A trash movie, and and for me personally, it is the first not trash movie that we've reviewed on this podcast. Even though it is so young, and uh, it is not trash. Look, it is. It has its issues. It has its little problems. It has its medium sized problems, maybe as we've discussed in this episode. But I think it is so uh, expertly crafted. I. It is such a great. Like, I am not a expert on the fantasy genre, and yet I feel like Warcraft embodies a lot of the fun and rewarding things you want out of a fantasy tale um, with, with uh, fun characters, with fun settings, with uh, fun terminology. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, that's why fantasy and fun begin with the letter F, I guess. And uh, yeah, again, look, I'm not, I'm a complete noob when it comes to any Warcraft stuff, but isolated to this movie, I think it is a great fantasy film. If we're not going to get a sequel to this film, I hope that other fantasy movies or just maybe other genre movies can learn from what this movie does so well and intelligently uh, makes uh really likable characters doesn't mind fully indulging in weird odd settings and doing so with a lot of gusto and a lot of uh you know rambunctious spirit to it which uh, i think can be missing from a lot of the genre stuff that we're watching as good as they may be there is a uh there's a uh, a swing for the fences type of mentality when it comes to the swings that Warcraft does. And I think that uh, for all those reasons, I think that is why Warcraft is not a trash movie. And, uh, you know, one can hope that we can get other non-trash movies like this uh, down the down the pipeline. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but that was our discussion on Warcraft. I hope you all had a fun time listening to that. And uh, we should be, we should go ahead and talk about our next episode, which you can expect in two weeks, uh, that's when our next episode will be landing. And therefore, we need to kind of tease uh, what our next movie should be. Well, we went to a different world for a Warcraft, but... Oh, wait. Did, do you hear that? Oh, I think that's the door.
Oh, hey, uh, that's the door. Yeah. yeah, I don't hour. know. Here, uh, look, Luana, I need to check the volume controls on our episode. Can you can you go and answer the door? All right, I'll get to take that for a second. Yes. Oh, cowabunga, dude! And do that. It's me, Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. It's Michelangelo. What brings you here? Well, I gotta say something here, dude. Uh, I'm only here because of a riff of the space-time continuum. I don't have a lot of time to be here. You're a turtle in time? I'm a turtle in time, because guess what? Me and my brothers, we're stuck back in feudal Japan. We accidentally time-traveled back to the past. Well, that sounds like an interesting and exciting adventure. Oh, man, it, it, it is. And you know what the weirdest thing is? It's almost like the plot of one of our feature films, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. That is amazing. How? What are the odds that that would happen to you twice? I know. Well, I guess when you're dealing with the space-time continuum, you gotta have a little deja vu. But listen, uh, you're, you're, what's your name? Uh, my name is Lana. Well, I, oh. I guess I, I just wanted to say, I guess when it comes to the space-time continuum, resistance is... Oh my goodness! Uh, I guess we just—is this your first contact with a ninja turtle? Uh, yeah, it is. I don't think we've we've had a lot of uh, crazy guests on this show, but I don't think we've ever had a ninja turtle before. Uh, oh man! Well, I think resist redicious is totally bodacious. <laughs> uh, but listen, gnarly. gnarly indeed. Now I now you real now I only have a few moments left here, but I really hope that you can help us properly get back into the present because let me tell you something living in the old timey japan time is a real big bummer dude <laughs> um, is there any way we can help you i don't know but you need to figure out because first of all there's no pizza total bummer oh gosh yeah that sounds like an absolute hell me as an italian person like i definitely couldn't live like that oh man you would be starving just like me and second of all, we need to get back to the present because we were going to plan on storming the Capitol building again. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. We again, were there on we were Yeah, we were there on January 6th. We were in the trench coats. That's why you couldn't see us. <laughs> all four of these? Yeah. I, if there's any worse villain than the Shredder, it's that Lion Biden dude. <laughs> it's... it's, it's is Splinter was Splinter aware of this? Did he did he put you up to this? Or did... Oh, don't tell anyone, but Splinter is actually the one behind QAnon. <laughs> oh, Splinter is Q. Yeah, but uh, don't tell anyone. Oh, oh, of course, Pizzagate. I just got it. Exactly. <laughs> You're making the connections, dude. Oh no, I'm fading back into feudal Japan. Oh my goodness! Remember us. Remember January six. Let's go, Michelangelo. <laughs> hey, Luana, uh, I, the volume controls are just fine. Uh, who was oh, that? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, whew, well, uh, let me tell you, there were some uh, dark revelations about our nation's past. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> that, uh, well, um, Travis, that could be a long story uh, to explain. Oh. But um, for our listeners, uh, tune in next time. So we can go back in time with the turtles in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that is going to be our next movie we'll discuss, Tur Ninja Turtles 3. That'll be in two weeks. Of course, you can expect new episodes every second Monday. And uh, just so say, stay subscribed to this feed. In the meanwhile, until our next episode, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Trash Movie Pod, and you can contact us at Trash Movie Pod at gmail.com. And if you're feeling especially nice and courteous to us, you can give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. In two weeks, we'll have our episode on Teenage Music Ninja Turtles 3. But until next time, the defense rests. See ya! See yeah.